Hey, Kevin here. Today, I'm resharing with you an episode from earlier this year. That episode is with Brian Lubin, a podcaster who has absolutely exploded his audience over the past two years. Brian is a former student of Grow the Show, and the reason I'm resharing this episode today is because just last week, Brian published his first book. The book is called From Passive to Passionate, and in its first week alone, it has hit number one on several Amazon charts. If you'd like to grab the book, the link is in the show notes. But in the meantime, this episode of Grow the Show features Brian mapping out several of the frameworks that he shares in the book. Brian also specifically details his strategy for growing his audience via short-form video content, which you are not going to want to miss. Since we published this episode earlier this year, I've seen several Grow the Show podcasters achieve massive growth just by implementing Brian's social media strategy. So here's a big congrats to Brian for the release of the new book. I hope you check it out, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Grow the Show. This is Grow the Show, the podcast to help you grow your podcast. My name is Kevin Schmidlin. I am your podcast growth coach. And today on the show, we're going to tell the story of an independent podcaster who launched his show in the fall of 2021 while he had a corporate nine to five. Fast forward just a year and a half, and he's quit that nine to five. He's traveled to 28 countries. His podcast gets 50,000 downloads per month. And the business that he has built around the podcast is on pace to hit 1.3 million in annual revenue. His name is Brian Lubin, and he is here to tell you how he did it and how you can do the same. Brian, you ready to rock? Let's rock. I'd love to start briefly. Can you give me like the first year of the show? We, we've had you on the show before. Mm -hmm. We've talked about it. But just for those who haven't heard that episode, can you give us the brief background of your initial podcast beginnings? Sure. So the genesis of the podcast, and this is really good advice for anybody that's listening that's on the fence about starting a podcast. I have the assumption that most of you already have a show, hence you're trying to grow it. But there's this advice still applies in all of business and all of life, and that's limiting beliefs. So I made a knack and I had built a skill set of attracting and getting around really interesting high-level entrepreneurs and high-level people. I was really good at being a mentee, attracting mentors. So I did that for years and years, like two years I went and I'd go to these conferences and these masterminds for real estate and business. And I would never have an ask of anyone. I would never have anything that I needed. I was always just trying to be the most interested person in the room as opposed to the most interesting person in the room. And so what that did was built career capital and relationship capital with all of these high level entrepreneurs over a course of years. Till eventually one day I was golfing with one of those entrepreneurs that we're talking about. And he said, man, you know, you're a really well-connected dude. You should start a podcast. And I go, man, who would listen to me? I was like, out of all of you guys doing all this cool stuff, who would listen to me with anything? And he's like, Brian, you denying people access to information just because of your own ego and fear of failure is the most selfish thing that I've ever heard. Whoa. And I said, whoa, I'm being selfish by not creating the content, by not creating the podcast. I was like, that was a reframe. And so the quality of your life is determined by the quality of questions that you ask or get asked to you. And then that question changed everything. So I said, I will start a podcast. And I had no intention of anything. I just said, cool, I'm going to go back. I'm going to order a microphone. By the time I got home from Colorado back to Atlanta, Georgia, the microphone was there. And when we were over there, I was just like on the treadmill. And I said, Action Academy is the name. I take action. That's going to be the podcast. And so I just launched it and I wanted to interview entrepreneurs that had earned financial freedom from their corporate jobs. 
And so that's where it began. And I just texted seven friends and I said, hey, you're really interesting. You're worth millions of dollars at an early age at like 20, 30, 40 years old. Can you hop on the podcast? I don't know what I'm doing, but we'll figure it out. And that's the genesis of the podcast. That was the extent of my entire plan uh, was doing that. And then I created the cover art on Canva in 20 minutes, put it up there and posted one Instagram post and said, I'm launching a podcast. That's how Action Academy podcast was born. So people take this entire planning, six months of planning and prep and all this stuff. I just threw it up there. And now it's turned into what I do every single day. There hasn't been a day that I've missed posting a podcast episode in 472 days. And I don't miss. It's what I do every single day. There hasn't been a day that I haven't thought about podcasting since. So that's where we are. Yeah. So, okay. We will put the link in the show notes to your first episode on this podcast where you get into more detail of your first year where you started generating affiliate revenue. You grew the show to, I think at that point you were at about 20 to 30K per month or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I want to pick up where that interview left off and talk about the building of your business around the podcast. So mm-hmm. again, last episode leaves off. That business does not exist yet. Can you take me through, first of all, when did you know it was time to create a back-end business? Sure. So what happened was I was investing in real estate And so my entire story in a second is I left corporate America, had a high paying sales job, was able to leave that through real estate investing and having affiliate revenue from my podcast, Action Academy. And between those two vehicles, I was able to print $20,000 plus per month and then exit that quarter million dollar a year sales job, which most people would never even fathom being able to leave. And so I did that, booked a one-way flight, traveled around the world for eight months out of 2022. While doing that, I had to remove the hat of the corporate guy. I was like, okay, this was where I really excelled and I really performed. That was where my entire identity is. And a lot of people that are listening to this can relate. Kevin, you were in that corporate job. You had to release that corporate identity for you to pick up and put on your entrepreneurship hat. So for some, it's easier than others. But for me, it was not a smooth transition. So as I was traveling, uh, the first three months, I was asking the question, what's next? what do I do? Because I accomplished everything that everyone's ever wanted to do on paper. And I'm starting to get bored and miserable because we're not designed to just sit on a beach, lay on a beach and do nothing. We're designed to keep pursuing large goals. That's the spice of human existence is you set large goals and you work towards them, whether it's with your relationships, your family, your health, your business, whatever have you. And so after months and months of just finally getting still and getting quiet and saying, what am I here to do? What is next for me? Have to do something, have to build something. Let me get quiet here. And I just was finally able to take a step back and stop being in go, go, go mode. And I was just able to be and relax for a second. And then all of a sudden I realized I was too stuck in me and I had to transition to we. So Mm. I had hit financial freedom through real estate and business acquisition to leave corporate America. And the thought popped into my head. I was like, I need to help a million other people do that. And so I've been helping people for free through the podcast. And I was like, let's expand on this. And so I'll pause right there. But then that's what started the MVP, which is the most important thing that people need to, if you take anything away from the podcast, you need to take that away. It's your minimum viable product. Because, uh, and that, that started the whole journey here, but I'll pause right there for a second. That's perfect. Let's go right into it. So the minimum viable product is basically 
the idea that you ship your first version of your product before it's perfect, before that you feel it's ready, without spending tons and tons of time, you know, making it just the perfect, most perfect thing ever, which by the way, it's not going to be perfect, right? Ever. And so what was your process for developing that MVP? So a lot of people do things backwards, but thankfully I had access to mentors and all these people that were, you know, the authors of the business book. So if you had a business book that you read about building a business or investing in real estate, I could just call the author or email the author to have him on the podcast. So absolute cheat code for any of my business podcasters listening. Yeah. And so what I did first and foremost was I said, I'm going to start a 12 week course. That's what I'm going to create. And I'm going to make a 12 week course, teach people how to hit financial freedom and escape corporate America to replace corporate with cash flow. That's what I'm going to do. And so I started recording all these modules and then I read this book called Zero to One by Peter Thiel, who's a massive investor. He's started what's called uh, Y Combinator. So he's a massive in the startup and tech world. And his advice was before you spend all this energy and effort and heaps and heaps of time uh, creating this product, you have to make sure that the, the customer actually wants the thing. So what a lot of people do is they put all this time, energy and effort into the podcast, into the course, into the business. And they work in silence, they work in private until six months later, a year later, they release it to the public and they say, I did this thing, I created this thing for you, come on. Uh, if I build it, they will come. That's not the case. You actually have to do it the opposite way. So the opposite way for me was, let me see, A, if I have an audience that would be interested in buying anything for me, and B, what are they interested in? So I put an offer on my podcast, audio only, no text, no nothing, just a link in the show description. And I said, hey, Guys, at the beginning of every episode, said I'm taking 15-minute freedom calls. For 15 minutes at a time, I'll take calls with all of you guys, and I'll help you with your clarity, your vision, your cash flow strategies. I'll help you leave your job. I'll just coach you for free for 15 minutes. And I hosted 100 of those calls over two months. That's what I did. Wow. And so over those 100 calls, I just coached people for free without any expectation of return. And as I coached, I would ask the question, what are your roadblocks? What are your barriers? What's holding you up? What keeps you up at night? Why haven't you made the jump? And then I would just categorize all these problems because the business isn't built in the solution. The business is built in, are you solving the correct problem? Mm. So I made sure I was solving the correct problems and the same problems kept coming up. I don't have access to peers to support me. I don't have accountability. I don't have access to mentors that have been where I want to be. I'm a pariah in my family and my friend group for even talking about this stuff. I don't have access to capital. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have, I'm running out of my own money. I don't know what to do. I don't have the strategies and one by one, I don't have the confidence. I don't have the vision. So I'd write all these questions down. And then this was the fuel to create the course later. So then after a hundred calls, I said, okay, cool. Now I've got the juice to create the course. So I listed out all these questions and I started creating the modules and answering the questions. So people, you can do this with your podcast. You can do this with your content. You can do this with your paid material. I always say, give your best stuff away for free mm -hmm. and the people will pay for more. So the people that aren't giving away and they hold all their best stuff and it's proprietary and secret and private and you have to go through a paywall, you're going to lose customers because I don't think you're worth your salt. The best people in business give all their best stuff away for free. I promise it's the best business move you can make. So I did that. So essentially I gave it all away for free. I coached these people, made a 52 hour course, 12 week course while I was living in Brazil. And then I emailed those people, the same hundred people that I coached for free. I said, hey, building this fifth, this 12-week course, uh, not done yet. It's going to essentially help you with everything I coached you on for free. 
1500 bucks. Does that sound good for you? Most of the people said yes. And I made $100,000 in 48 hours through Venmo. <laughs> I was going to say, how did they pay you? They Venmoed you in cash. Hundred grand in Venmo. I got to think you run into like <laughs> limitations in the apps at that point, processing a hundred grand via those apps. That's awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I kept going on Venmo until January of this year. No way. I did not know that. I got up to $200,000 of revenue before I transitioned to Stripe <laughs> just because it was just me with just a, an email that I would send out and a template. Yeah. And so that's how it started. So can anybody do that with their audience right now? No, because let's dissect that, right? So was I a random podcast making a random offer that I had just began? No. These people knew, liked, and trusted me over a period of a year and a half with me giving them value and delivering value to them every single day through my podcast for free. Then I coached them for free. So for people listening, if you want to begin a business, the higher ticket the business, the more value you need to lead with up front in order for that person to say hell yes to your offer. Because yep. then that's not a selling process. It's just, is this a good fit or not? That's yep. it. And then what a fun business that is to run afterwards. But you don't have to convince people to buy something that they don't need. It's really fun. One technical question that I'm sure there's a listener, at least one listener who has, when you have those 15-minute calls, did you, at the end of the call, say that you might have something in the future? Or did you just end the call and say like, okay, cool, like, yes, good luck? <laughs> yes. So I said, hey, don't have anything for you yet. May have something for you in the future. Sit tight. Basically, that was it. And then these people started trying to hire me to coach them. And so I just threw random numbers out. It's like 500 bucks an hour. And they're like, okay. And I had 10 people sign up for 500 bucks an hour. And all of a sudden, I've got $10,000 a month that's coming in. After the first week of calls, I said, nope, not doing this. This is the worst thing I've ever done in my entire life. I hated it. Yeah. Because my entire day was spent all consumed by that call that I was about to have to make sure I was giving them enough value. I was like, this is miserable. So yeah. to fast forward a bit, then we go to the course and launch the course. Everything goes well. Uh, we got like, I don't know, 60 people. Some odd said yes. And uh, 60, 70 people. And then so they, they get entered into the Kajabi portal. They're going through the course. Like, oh my God, this is awesome. I create a Facebook group that I attach to the course and I've dumped everyone in the Facebook groups. So they, they can communicate, they can engage. They started doing deals together in the Facebook group. They started hanging out in the Facebook group. Hmm. I said, oh, I'm in the wrong business model here because if I stop selling this course, if I stop marketing this course, I make no money from a business side. So people listening, the key and the secret to business is recurring revenue. Now I can get super technical about this, and I could talk about how you can like value your multiple of exit and you can value your business higher. You can take lot higher lines of credit through the bank. There's so many different ways that we can justify you doing recurring revenue. But the easiest way to dis dissect it or break it down is if you have a product where you sell it one time and that customer never pays you again, then next month you're starting at zero always. So congratulations, you just built yourself a job. So if you have a recurring product, whether that be monthly or annual, then every single customer compounds on themselves. So then you go into a year from now, you should have the same customers if you have a quality product buying from you that you sold a year ago. So you sell today and it pays forever, hopefully. That's where you generate what's called an LTV, a lifetime value of a customer. Like how many people renew and how much money is, is one customer paying you? So 
we quickly pivoted from the course model to the mastermind model. So it became a $1,500 uh, 12-week course with an attached free mastermind to a paid mastermind with an attached free course. And then I created the course as the onboarding process. And so now whenever somebody joins our group, they go through that exact course as their 30-day onboard. How did the finalized version of the course after you had 100 conversations, how did that course differ from the course you were about to make before having the conversations? Dude, it was, this, people were having so many different issues than I thought. I thought that it would be, have, I would have to go super deep into real estate strategy and super deep into business acquisition strategy and really hone in there when I realized that most of the problem is the seven inches between their ears. So I was like, oh, this is more of a mindset and a confidence thing and an accountability thing as opposed to information thing. And then that's where my entire business model was born, Kevin, because I believe my core belief down to my bones is information is not the answer. Implementation is the answer. And for that reason, I'll give you all the information you could ever need possible to hit your financial freedom and everything through my podcast. Just like you have all the information you could ever need to grow your podcast through Grow the Show. Now, do you want to do it faster, more efficiently? Do you want to buy your time back? That's where you pay for the implementation of the information. Because Kevin's done it. And what Kevin has done in five years, maybe you could do in five months because you're taking his four and a half years of pain and then you're making it your gain. Right. That's what your business model should be. I don't think you should put all of your information behind a paywall. I think if you have an awesome interview, that needs to be public and free. If you have an awesome piece of content, that needs to be public and free. If your free stuff is better than everyone else's paid stuff, people will be like, what the hell paid stuff do you have? Yeah. I'm in. 100%. Like you, they'll say name the price and then they'll pay. So you have this launch, you do 100K in 40 hours, which is nuts. So then what's after that? Like, how did you then systemize your acquisition process? Was it through the podcast? Was it a call funnel? Like walk us through that. To this day, it remains the podcast. So the podcast is the lead. And we could talk, we can go all into branding strategy here because I've got a whole entire branding strategy that's blowing me up right now. I've got 2.7 million organic impressions on Instagram in the month of May when we're recording this. In early June, I had like, 4.2 million impressions on Facebook organically. I had like 2.7 million impressions on TikTok. So we figured something out with the content, but I didn't learn that initially. So the first thing that I thought in my head was paid ads. And you and I spoke when my paid ads were going terribly awful. Yeah. No, I don't have any animosity towards the guy that was running them. Here's just my problem I made as a business owner and advice that I'll give to people that are listening um, so that you don't have to do the same mistakes that I made. So I make money. I say, wow, I have money in my account. This is fun. I can spend this money now to grow the business even faster. If I have $50,000 in my bank account, let's go ahead and spend $30,000 on it on a Facebook ads guy and a massive marketing campaign. Looking back, I'm like, my brother in Christ, that was over 50% of your <laughs> revenue that you spent on marketing uh, that I had liquid. Not a good idea. So what I did, which I would advise you not to do, was I said, well, I'm going to throw it on credit. I'm throwing it on my business credit card because then going into January, I said, what does the eight-figure version of Brian Leuven look like? Well, like, what's that guy doing? Because right now I was worth 1.4. I want to get up to 10 million. So I'm like, that guy's got a system. That guy's got a team. That guy's got a tax strategist, a bookkeeper, stuff like that, systems and processes. So 
what I did was I hired a bookkeeper. I hired a tax strategist. I started my LLC in Wyoming and I got everything systematized. I put it in Stripe. I have my processor. And so the mistake that I made was I would buy all this marketing material and do paid ads and everything, uh, $30,000 in Q1 of 2023 on a business credit card. And so my hypothesis was I spent on this business credit card, I get free loan to myself, and obviously I'll pay that back with all of the leads that I'm going to get. But what happens when you get no leads? Because your marketing guy sucks and the ads suck and they're not converting, right? So by month three, I'm like, dude, we're not getting any traffic. We're not getting any leads. I'm not having any additional calls. Like this is completely burning $30,000 on fire. So that's what I did. And that's called paying the stupid tax. So since then, <laughs> what I've done is I've transitioned to a, an accounting system called Profit First uh, by Mike Michalowicz. And it's a sensational system that I would highly recommend. If you guys want to listen to my podcast, I had Mike on there. Um, or if you just want to get his book, it's called Profit First. And what Mike preaches is instead of doing like a normal accounting system, which we won't get too in the weeds, guys, but normal accounting system is like, okay, money, expenses, net profit right? Pretty easy. Profit first is let me bucket those initial dollars out into different bank accounts for, it's like the Dave Ramsey money envelope system. Where he's like, yeah, this goes to marketing. 10% goes to marketing. 20% goes to taxes. 20% goes to salaries. 40% goes to operations. This is what your profit is that you're going to take from the very get-go. And now we've implemented that and it's freaking all of a sudden we're magically saving money again, which before nice. I was just spending because as an entrepreneur, make a bunch of money, spend a bunch of money. That's our MO. So yeah. I'll pause right there. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. And I think every entrepreneur learns that lesson in some way, shape or form at some point. <laughs> and the question is just, how big is the bill going to be? To what scale? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole point in and of itself. Why do people not do this, Kevin? Because they're afraid to fail. Yeah. But what if I told you you're guaranteed to fail? <laughs> yeah. What if yeah, I told yeah. you that's part of the process? <laughs> then what are you afraid of anymore? So it's just the best analogy I've heard for any of this, and this applies to business, it applies to podcasting, it applies to anything new you do in life. If you look at a child, like a baby, and the baby gets up and it starts walking, everyone freaks the hell out. They're like, oh my God, he's walking, she's walking, look at, look at. And then they fall down their butt. And then they get up and they're like, ah, I'm walking again. Like the baby's not going to say, oh, I just fell down. I'm just not going to get up again. Right. Like, I'm done. I, I'm, yeah, walking's I'm done. not for I'm me. Out. Yeah. This isn't it. This isn't it for me. This is for other people. My zip code that I was raised in doesn't allow for me to walk. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So it's just like now you can just know that that's part of the human experience. That's where the fun comes in. It's called failing yeah. forward. So I yeah, yeah. grinned, I bared it. I paid my $30,000 stupid tax. And nice. now the next month, ironically, went all organic, completely changed my branding strategy. And now my business is taken off. Like you said, if I just have my current sales velocity, which is how many people join your program, your coaching, your whatever per month. If I just keep my same velocity right now to the end of the year, uh, yeah, we'll be at 1.3 million ARR, which is annual recurring revenue. Awesome. Would you be willing to talk a little bit about the changes that you made to the organic strategy? Not uh, at all. And, and what's oh, working? No. No, that's my, that's <laughs> all my right, pay, that's going to do it, everybody. <laughs> that's my paid strategy behind the paywall. It just pay me 9.99, 10,000 times. Yeah. No, of course I will. So content, what I was doing was I was being hyper-technical in my content. And I was saying, here's the real estate strategy for you to earn your freedom. Here's the business strategy. Like, here's what millionaires do. Here's some millionaire advice on business building and all this technical stuff, high level. Because I'm like, that's why I want to attract the technical person. 
Um, and I was doing that in my short form. Short form's purpose is not to educate, really. I believe that the short form content only exists to entertain and to get the attention of the person for them to come to your account and say, huh, interesting. Is there more to this? And then they go to your long form content. And then your long form content is where you make them a customer. So for instance, instead of me talking step by step how to buy a distressed piece of property, real estate, fix it up, make money from it through my short form, I would answer the question that people were actually asking, which is, how do I get out of my job? And I was like, man, when I was in my job, this is, these are the things that really irked me and ticked me off. And this is how I knew it was time to leave. When this and this and this happened, I looked at my boss's boss and that guy was balding overweight. He wasn't seeing his kids. And I said, no more. I've got to hit financial freedom. This is why I'm doing it. Millions of views. And I go and I say, are you sick of this part of corporate, this part of corporate, this part of corporate? I was this part of corporate. I hated this. What do you guys think? This is why I left and decided it was time to make a change. <laughs> Millions of views. So you're selling the end destination. If you're going to Hawaii, you're not going to talk about the plane ride. You're going to talk about Hawaii and how beautiful Hawaii is. I'm like, I could travel around the world. I'm, most of my content is me traveling around the world. So I'm like, hey, like here in Brazil, I'm here in Singapore in the 58th floor of the Marina Bay Sands. I'm like, hey guys, like, this is, this is my advice on, you know, setting your goals. Like, this is what my problem was when I was at corporate America. And here's how my ideas have changed since leaving. Or here's struggles that I've run into. And the cheat code is, you remember all those hundreds of calls that I did where I yeah. was taking notes about all these problems people were running into? That's your content. <clears throat> That's the content. You've solved people's problems through your content. You address the problem. So they say, that guy gets it. That girl gets it. They think just like I do, and nobody else is saying that thing. But I say that thing in my head. So you're solving that problem. You're addressing it first and foremost, and then you're solving it in your short form to a degree. And then that takes them to your long form, which could be either podcast or YouTube or a combination of the two. And so I'm like, so when people get in my videos, whenever they go viral, you're destined to get some haters for no reason just because they're having a terrible day. And they're like, this guy's full of crap. This girl is full of crap. What are you talking about? And here's the crazy thing about confidence. Like, you don't get confidence by shouting affirmations at yourself into the mirror. You get confidence by having an overwhelming body of evidence that you are who you say you are. Alex Ramosi said that, uh, who wrote $100 million offers. And so I say, okay, I have 400 hours of free podcast content with multimillionaires for free right here. Have fun. There it is. There's your answer. And we go in depth into every single strategy you could ever want. So that's where I direct people to. So I could tell you now. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you are you saying that the way that you convert people from short form to long form is by responding to the haters with your podcast? No, uh, no, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet you those people don't listen. Be, yeah. I bet you those people don't listen. But no, I do say that in the comments. I'll say, no, no. I'll say, what podcast did you start that has 400 episodes? Yeah, yeah. And, and like, I'll say that and it'll get a bunch of likes <laughs> and it'll be like at the top of the thing. Um, awesome. Because people, people respond to that because I did the work first, then I made the content. I yeah. think people will try to fake it till they make it. I don't think that that's the best business strategy. I think you need to do cool stuff and then document it. And that's the best way to start a brand. Yeah. But doing cool stuff is like part of the process. You have to do the thing. Yeah. Well, that's the fun part doing is the when cool stuff you can like, you'd be like, I'm growing my business right now. I'm like, you know, like going to cool places. So how do you then get short form folks to convert over a long form content consumers? I'll tell you exactly how it is because every single call starts the same way. Hey, 
How did you hear about us? What made you book the call? Over and over and over again. Dude, I saw your video on Facebook. I saw your video on Instagram. I saw your video on TikTok about leaving the corporate job and hitting financial freedom. And dude, I've been working this job. I've been a, a sales manager for four years. I'm sick of this. I have like two rental properties and I couldn't figure out how to go up to the next level. And I, I saw your video and I started following your stuff and watching all your content and that led me to your podcast. And then I listened to like four episodes of the podcast. And now here we are. Sure. Because look, guys, it's hard to BS your way for 400 hours. Maybe you can BS for 30 seconds. You can't BS for 400 hours. People realize that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's hard to be full of crap when you're talking in a podcast 24-7. So unless you're a sociopath at that point. Shout out Grant Cardone. But anyways, <laughs> so, anyways, so people would listen to the podcast and then they would convert from the podcast. And then my offer in the podcast, the simple, like, people are like, what's your ad strategy? What's all this? All I do is at the very beginning of the show, I say, hey, you know, welcome to the show that helps you get rich, happy, successful, and free with a capital F in your life and business. My name is Brian Lubin. I'm going to give you everything that you ever need for free. But information was never the answer. Implementation was. So I'm about to tell you everything that you're ever going to need, need to know. But if you need help implementing it, check out the link in my bio. Let's book a call. I'll talk to you for 15 minutes for free. If it's a fit, I'm going to change your life. If it's not, I'll tell you how to do it elsewhere. Boom. People book over and over and over again. Granted, do I have a background in corporate sales where I was the number eight sales rep out of 5,079 in the country? Yes. And then that's a whole other topic of discussion where you should build a business, build a podcast, build a side hustle, build a project, build a course around your previously established zone of genius. Like adjacent. That's the easiest yeah. way. Yeah. Can you talk again, tactically talk a little bit about your, cause you, dude, you are cranking out content right now. Like every mm-hmm. single platform I'm on, first thing I log in, I see one or two things new today from Brian. Yeah. So how are you shaping that into your schedule? Is it a daily thing? Like is there a lot of structure, a little structure? Can you take us under the hood a little bit? Yeah. So it starts with the ideas. Like, so same thing with writing. I'm writing a book right now. So it's the same process. And if you're just looking at a blank canvas, that's where most of your analysis paralysis is. And you have no idea what to talk about. But if you have very templated process of what to talk about, what to write about, like today, I knew I had to write 2,500 words. So instead of just looking at a blank page, I said, I want to do these five topics. I'm going to write 500 words on each topic. And then, bam, 2,500 words magically appears, right? So same thing applies with your content. So I have my notes app. You can use Apple Notes. You can use Notion. You can do whatever. And I have that list of questions that people ask. And I have it categorized by problems. And I have 10 different problems that people run into from leaving corporate to uh, transition into financial freedom or entrepreneurship lovingly referred to as going from a entrepreneur to an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And then I have 10 sub points per problem. So that's a hundred different things to talk about. So I can just close my eyes and throw a dart at the board. And one of those things is going to be a major pain point of my customer, which what's the nugget to take from that? Know your customer. And if you aren't your customer and you haven't been your customer in the past, which is the easiest way to start a business is three years ago, sell to that person. Like yeah. who were you three years ago, sell to them. Kevin three years ago was like, I want to find somebody that knows how to grow a show. Like I was having this struggles. I was having to go to these seminars, pay all this money. And now he sells to that person. So same thing I do. I was in corporate trying to figure out how to get out. I sell to that person. But if you don't, you better dang near have it perfected with your research. You need to know them like the back of your hand. 
So what it looks like is I have my periods of time in my day that I'll spend doing it. So I'll only spend about five to six hours a day creating content. No, full of crap. About 10 minutes is what it takes for me to create content. I do two videos a day. That's it. So I'll do a video in the morning. I'll drink my morning cup of coffee and I'll go on my notes app and I'll say, all right, what topic do I want to talk about? This one. And then what I'll do is I'll go on TikTok and I'll start everything through TikTok and I will search that because TikTok has SEO. Instagram is not as good with the videos. It will give you the general topic, but not the specific mm-hmm. video. TikTok will actually be like problems with corporate America or corporate America or financial freedom. You can search it and you can see videos with hundreds of thousands of views that will be at the top. So their hook has already established, is already established as something that gets people's attention. Why would I go reinvent the wheel and create a new hook? I'm just going to take their hook. Hmm. I'm going to do what's called a stitch. I'm going to take their video, the first two seconds. What's the problem that you ran into in corporate America? I'll go first. Cool. And then I stitch that and I put my content on the back end of it. So I'm like, I know it's going to hit. It's going to get people's attention and I already know that I'm solving their problem. So attention, problem, solution. At the end of the video, call to action. Hey, if you guys are interested in this, my name is Brian. I hope you leave your nine to five job through business and real estate acquisition. If you like this content, give me a follow. Click the link in my bio for my daily podcast. We'll teach you how to do it for free. Nice. Every video. Same thing. Hook, problem, two to three point solution, call to action. Very simple. And I just do that twice a day. So you search for the hook. You search for, you find the problem that you want to talk about first, and then you go find a hook to stitch. Got it. It could be some attractive girl that's much more attractive than I am. You know, it could be, oh my God, I hate my job, but I don't know what to do with my wife. Two seconds, you're seeing that person. Oh, that's a, he's got my attention. Then yeah. all of a sudden my mug pops up and I'm like, hey, here's how to <laughs> solve this problem. I solved this problem. I'm traveling around the world, bucko. And yeah, so I mean, that's how you do it. And that's what I do over and over and over again. I just rinse and repeat. So I do, if you notice, if you guys go look at my account, which is just at Brian Lubin everywhere. Most of my videos are wearing like a stringer, like a Gymshark stringer or a tank top sitting in a parking lot because whenever I leave the gym, I have a habit built up of recording a video. So whenever I leave my gym, I've got my sweat, I've done the sauna, I've got my workout in, my endorphins are flowing, I'm articulate. I sit down in my car and I'm like, okay, time to record a video. And I guarantee you, man, that one parking spot, it's got good lighting, good acoustics, sitting in my car, I probably generated... 50 million views from sitting in that parking lot in that specific parking spot. So it's just about building the habit. It's like, if I were to tell you guys, you may listen to this, say, oh, it's so much work. And to which I would apply, I woke up today at nine o'clock and I went out and sat by my pool in Austin, Texas. and I didn't drive to work. And then I'm doing this podcast and I went to the gym and I recorded two videos. And I'm, if I told you that you could build a business worth, you know, 1.3 million a year off of making two videos a day, you would do it. Yeah, 100%. What I want to highlight there is how you habit stacked, number one, those videos Uh to pieces of your days. But like the brilliance that I see is that they're both when like you're just dopamine is high, like you're feeling good. One's right after your coffee. One's right after the workout. It's both involved caffeine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's got to be a blast to just crank out one of those videos and you probably perform better, right? Because you're just like kind of on one of those natural highs. Yeah. Yeah. And your videos are going to suck for like 200 videos. You're going to be awful. Like, it's almost guaranteed. If you're good randomly, I highly doubt it. You may get like a sympathy spike from the algorithm just <laughs> to keep you keep you on the platform. But you're, 
I'm looking back through my videos because I reuse videos from time to time. And I'm like, man, that was terrible. Mm -hmm. You just need to have energy. You need to have enthusiasm. You need to believe in what you're saying. And a lot of the times people will hop on a call and they'll be like, dude, I'm not entirely sure what you do. But just from listening to you, like, I'm interested. Like, I want to feel like that. Because every single day I wake up and I feel like Steve Irwin, you know, before the Stingray. Rest in peace, Steve. Right. And I'm just like, dude, I'm on fire. Like, I feel like I'm saving animals at the zoo every single day, dude. It's just like, I want everyone to have that energy and that level of passion with what they do. Because every day I feel like that. And that's like my own natural caffeine. So I know there's another question that listeners are going to have, which is around the daily podcast. Daily podcasts are, it's popular to have one. It's clearly effective. Can you talk about your production cadence for that? Because obviously 30 episodes a month is a lot. So how do you maintain that with quality? First question is why to do it. Second question is how to do it. So first question, why to do it? So there was somebody that posted in the group that I said, I do a daily podcast. It's a great idea. You should do it if you can. And he's like, I post once every other week, every two weeks. And that's been good for my audience. I'm like, that's a terrible advice for somebody that's starting a podcast. Your podcast will not survive. Like they will move on from you very quickly. Uh, he can do that because he's got an audience built. But Tim, I got my idea from Tim Ferriss. So Tim Ferriss was doing like three episodes a week. And he's like, I'm not making a good enough episode for everyone. I'm making one great episode for one person for a week. So I know that on Thursday, I'm bringing in the world's foremost leader on violin crafting. That's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. But for that select handful of people, it's going to be the best episode they listen to all year. He's like, but the other two episodes that I post that week are going to put me at the top of the feed and they're going to keep me top of mind because I don't know about y'all. I'm assuming that you listen to a lot of podcasts and I have about 10 podcasts in rotation and I'll every single day, like clockwork, I'll go when it's time to listen to a podcast. What's at the top of my feed? What's at the top of my feed? And so I'll look and if something's not up at the top of my feed, I'm going to go click something that is. So that's the only reason, that's the main reason to do it is you're not expecting everyone to listen to every episode. You're expecting people to listen to 60%, 70%. That's yeah. a slam dunk. And when it comes to quality, I can tell you the exact data. If you go into Apple Podcast Connect, which is 60% of my listenership, I have an 84% average completion ratio for each episode. It doesn't matter if wow. it's nine minutes or if it's 59 minutes. It's always like 80 to 90%. So that's insane for podcasts. So I'm keeping really someone for like a full hour. So what I do is Tuesdays and Thursdays are hour-long interviews. And then Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are either short solo shows where I'll do a topic for 10 minutes like this, or it will be a replay episode from six months or prior. Because when you do that many episodes, it gets lost in the churn sometimes. So I'll I'll put up an episode on Wednesday and I'll say replay. Or what I've been doing lately is I'll take clips from guest interviews that were really insightful. Maybe it's an hour-long interview and this 15-minute spurt was really, really good from eight months ago. I take that 15-minute clip and then I insert it as its own standalone podcast episode. Or I'll go take clips from me as a guest on podcast episodes for 10 to 15 minutes. And then those would be the short episodes. So Tuesday, Thursday is long. Monday, Wednesday, Friday is short. Now, it's like I am out of my job already. So it's like I do have more time, which is the excuse people will use. But I also did this when I had my job. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'll highlight is like, they don't all have to be hour long interviews. No. And most of them are recycled too. Yeah. It's like you can make new content out of old content and there's no cheating there. It's just the same content in a different format because we're all really, I think we are all very so egotistical thinking that 
every single thing we post, everyone sees. Yeah. The reality is when you post something, especially on social media, 5% of your audience at best will see it. So even if you're feeling salesy or something, like your audience isn't even seeing it, dude. Like yeah. for your podcast, like you're not even seeing it, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, it's true. And and it's true with your podcast listenership too, because going back to the the violin example that you shared, like if you only publish once a week, the people who aren't interested in that one episode that you publish don't have anything to listen to that week. But if mm-hmm. you publish multiple times per week, you're pretty much guaranteeing that at least at minimum, every single one of your listeners are going to listen to something from you that week. Mm-hmm. So you could argue that having daily show is really the only way to guarantee that you actually have a weekly show. Correct. And then also you build up confidence and commonality with the listeners so much faster because people know everything that I've done in my entire life when they talk to me. They hop in the call and they're like, oh my God, dude, it's so cool to yeah. talk to you. I know everything that you've been doing because I document my entire journey through the podcast. It was a running joke before I left corporate because the podcast was going for like eight months before I quit my job. And I would say, I'm three months away from quitting on oh, the Action Academy podcast. I'm two months away from quitting on the Action Academy podcast. Because the running joke was nobody in my corporate job was going to listen to the podcast. <laughs> did it, did that ever happen? Did anybody nope. at, at the job? No. Nope. <laughs> So you were you were publishing to the internet that you're about to quit and nobody knew. <laughs> yes, but they got me my last day was specifically because I was stationed in Atlanta, Georgia for my job. It was a B2B sales rep position in person. And I would do my job. I was so good at it. I would do it Monday through Wednesday and outperform the entire team. And then Thursday through Saturday, I'd fly out to some other part of the country. So I flew out to Austin, Texas, where I live now. And I, my buddy called me and said, I have courtside seats for the Spurs game if you want to come. And I was like, that's on my bucket list, of course. So I flew out on Thursday to San Antonio and I posted on Facebook, me and him at courtside at the Spurs game. And the next Wednesday was my weekly meeting with my manager. And uh, it was a funny relationship because I was supposed to be the manager and I turned it down and then he took the role. So he basically left me alone most of the time. And as we sat across from each other, he's like, dude. You were in San Antonio on Thursday. The entire manager group chat is talking about it. The VPs are talking about it. We can't have you setting this example. And honestly, dude, I'm not here to defend myself. He was 1000% correct. If I had a rep on the team, I'm like, dude, that's a terrible example to set. So out of courtesy to him and out of courtesy to my job, which I did enjoy, it was just time to move. I was like, dude, today's my last day. Like, I think this is it right here. And March 17th, 2022, that was when I quit mm. my job. Wow. It's so true that, like, I felt the same way. Like, I loved mine too. And that's yeah, good people. Sometimes can be a challenge, right? Like, I love that. Some of my best friends still to this day work there, but sometimes that can come back to bite you when it's. They still work there too, don't they? Uh, a lot of them do. Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah. Same role. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool, man. So awesome. Dude, this has been so jam packed. Before we split, again, independent podcasters looking to build a back end business, anything that we haven't touched that you feel like they should know. Yeah. So you need to make sure. So this is kind of business-esque, but if somebody's listening to this point, like they're interested in business, otherwise they would have already signed off. So we can talk a little bit more business specific. Um, In the beginning, it's an I do, right? So you can I do your way up to a certain point and then it forces into a we do. So you have to build team. You have to grow through team. And that's a whole new skill set to build. It's a whole new muscle to strengthen. And it took me a long time and a lot of virtual assistants, a lot of executive assistants to finally find it and get the get the cadence going. But my best piece of advice, if you have a coaching program or a course or a mastermind, is I would hire someone internally that went through the program. 
that's a cheat code I found. So now everyone that I hire on Action Academy for my team is within the community because I don't need to sell them on the dream. They already get it because they're part of it and they did yeah. it. And so it's really cool. So Caitlin's my COO. So she runs operations. I don't run operations in my own business anymore. She does it better than I do because she's just a really bubbly, you know, stay at home mom of four. And she loves talking to every single person and connecting people in the community. It's what she does all day. That sounds like hell to me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> So I can focus on what my hat is that I love to wear, which is sales and marketing and bringing in top line revenue. She focuses on retention, which is growing the LTV, the lifetime value of the customer. So for people listening, you, you will reach a certain point where you need to scale through people. Like that is the key. I don't think this whole solopreneurship thing is as sexy as people make it seem. And yeah, now that I have her and all of this in place, like, her progression with me, it's all about ha building a vision that's big enough for somebody else to fit within. So my vision for her is I'm like, stick with me. And this year you're making this, this next year you're making six figures. The following year, you're going to be a multimillionaire. Like, and here's the very clear path of progression to sustain that and fulfill that. And I was like, easily. Yeah. And she sees the vision. So she's on fire every day. So you have to make sure that your goal and your vision is big enough to contain other people's. Because if my mission was to help 100 people leave their jobs, that's not so sexy. And people wouldn't really be on board to help with that because they'd say, okay, you could do that. But if I'm trying to help a million people leave their jobs by 2025, that's a big mission. And people will get on board with that. So that's how you attract like rock stars and A players to partner with you. And then you have to build systems, standards, SOPs. You become a business and you have to think like a business owner instead of an employee because then you become your own employee and that's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to do. Maybe we'll do a part three sometime where we can yeah. dig into the actual <laughs> scaling part of it. But dude, this was awesome. Somebody who's hearing about you for the first time here, where should they go to, to get more from you? Go check out Action Academy podcast five episodes a week. I would say don't, I'm not even gonna give you the website for the community. I'd say go listen to some episodes first and you'll hear about it through there. If you listen to three episodes and you're jiving with it, then the community will be for you. Brian Lubin everywhere. That's L-U-E-B-B-E-N. Pretty easy to find. It's my entire identity now. Yeah. Two videos a day. Awesome. Cool, man. Dude, thank you so much for this. This is so generous. Uh, can't wait for the next one. And I always appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. This is awesome. I love talking about the business side of the podcasting world. So hopefully the, the peeps love it. Yeah. Oh, they will. Thanks, guys.